As entrepreneurs, each and every one of us wants to scale up our business. We want to grow. We want to build a business to support the quality of life for ourselves and our stakeholders. That's all in our enlightened self-interest. But one of the big things in every research project we do, we hear over and over again is we want to make an impact. And today I have a remarkable entrepreneur. He is a serial entrepreneur like many of you, but also one of the top global business coaches out there. And he's all about helping entrepreneurs really make a huge impact as they're growing their business. And yeah, when I look at the notes here, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. You know, he's a speaker, he's a coach, he's a fellow Huffington Post columnist, he's a best-selling author of The Conscious Millionaire, Growing Your Business by Making a Difference. He hosts a whole bunch of podcasts, but is, I mean, this guy is, it makes me look like I'm a slacker. Uh, Conscious Millionaire Podcast, and he's a founder of ConsciousMillionaire.com, Global Coaching Program, Wealth Products uh, Solutions. He holds an MBA, a JD, a Master's in Psychology, and he's built and sold. It's gone full cycle as an entrepreneur, and he's here to help us really scale up our business so that we can make a huge difference. So stay tuned for, for JV Crumb the Third. I'm John Bowen, you are at AES Nation, and it's all about that accelerating your entrepreneurial success. You don't wanna miss any of this. Ordinary success? No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep, think bold, Drive hard. Watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com JV, I am so excited to have you here today. I mean, this is, uh, you know, we've gotten to know each other. We spent some quality time. I had a little bit of technology challenges, so we've spent even more time together, and uh, you are doing some amazing things. Well, you know, John, first, I want to give a shout out to you who are listening today. Thank you for tuning in. AES Nation. John and I are going to have some great chats. And, you know, John, I'm I'm excited. You know, I actually want to start with because we have had technology challenges and I interviewed you for my show. We had technology challenges that were unusual. So my motto is trust perfect timing. And I think everything happens at the right moment. So here we are. And I think everybody you're listening, you're going to get the information you're supposed to have. Well, and I know they are going to get that. And, and one of the things that I really enjoy uh, spending quality time and, you know, we get to do it here together on a podcast, but face to face working with uh, fellow entrepreneurs like yourself who have really gone full cycle on a number of businesses, but also have decided that they're going to make a bigger impact by helping fellow entrepreneurs really make a difference out there to scale up their business and do it in a way that you know, creates tremendous value for their clients, for, for the world. And so one of the things that I wanna do, I wanna go into life lessons, because you've had so many of these. And, uh, but before we do that, I wanna go into the backstory, because you know, we don't usually start out as a best-selling author, global coach, and everything at five. How, how'd you get there? Well, you know, I grew up out in the country in Florida in the middle of the, the state, and it was, we're on a four by five mile lake. So I was a little country boy running around and bare feet. And at four, I, you know, I said, mommy, 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 daddy, 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 I want a pup tent. And so I got a pup tent for my birthday. 
and we had a tangerine tree. Now, I didn't have any siblings, but my grandmother lived with us. So I'm sitting there at four years of age. You know, we don't have any money. I mean, oftentimes we're not sure where food's coming from. And I said, well, how can I make some money? And I went, oh, the high school kids have jobs. I ought to sell them something. So I got my grandmother and I, we saved up egg cartons. That's all the containers we had. And one day I squeezed, and my grandmother and I squeezed tangerine juice into these 12 little compartments of the egg cartons. And I said, well, Lucy's charging a nickel. I'm going to charge a dime. And I set up my pup tent where the kids got off the bus from the high school. And I sold them my tangerine juice for a dime, which looking back, I'm sure they threw away. But um, that was kind of the beginning of me sitting around thinking about, well, how can I how can I do something that I'm going to make some money from? And at first I identified an audience and I found that I had something I could sell them. Now, when I look back, I go, that was pretty good for four, actually, because I had no idea what I was doing. I just decided I was going to set up my pup tent and sell something. Well, you know, and it's, it's amazing when you start out like that. And I can still remember, I, I think it was later entrepreneur than you. I might have been five or six when I had my lemonade stand here. But, <laughs> you know, it, it's that going out, making something, delivering value to the your customers, clients, and so on. You know, having that market feedback, having people that want to help you, your family and so on, friends. You know, one of the things that once you get that taste so often, that, that, I mean, so many people that have told me that they had that lemonade. I, I don't know anybody else that had a tangerine stand. But, you know, when you take that and, you know, continue the journey, because, I mean, you, you really have done some amazing things, J.B., well, you know, when I was five, I had been trained because I grew up in this really disciplined home where, you know, you did what you were told. I didn't even know you couldn't take out the garbage. I just knew I had to. But I knew I could wait about an hour before I got really in trouble because it hadn't gone out. So I knew how long I could wait. So at any rate, I'd been trained not to go to the grocery store with my mom and ask for a candy bar because we didn't have the money. And so I was literally sitting around contemplating that one day. And I said, well, what is the solution to this problem? Because I'm not going to live like this. And all of a sudden, I got this huge vision, and I said, oh, and it was like it came over me, it transformed me in a way that was, was almost unspeakable, and that every part of my body changed, my cells changed, I literally changed who I was, and I said, when I grow up, I'm going to be a millionaire. And I ran in the house to tell my parents I'd found the solution to life, right, uh, which was not so exciting to them, and I said, Oh, when I grow up, I'm going to be a millionaire. And you know, the first thing, my mom shook her finger at me and said, don't tell anybody. Now, when I went to write my book, my editor says, you got to tell the story and you got to understand why she said that. And I realized we lived across the street from the little church. And my parents, like a lot of people, had belief systems. Now, they were very intelligent people. They were very giving and caring people. But they had a belief system like a lot of people that... I, they didn't want their son to grow up to be a gangster, to be a criminal, to be a bad guy. And in their mind, anybody who made that much money was going to have to do something bad because good people didn't have money like that. Of course, I went around and told everybody because that's what little kids do. And But in my mind, I had transformed. And I never once questioned that that was my future. And Literally on a daily basis, I'd be thinking about how am I going to become a millionaire when I grow up? When I come up, I'm going to be a millionaire. So it was like my private reprogramming dialogue that I was doing with myself from age five. And I think that made, a, you know, a literally the kind of transformational difference that I work at making with other people, I made on myself, not even realizing what I was doing, but it primed me that that was my destiny. 
Well, and tell me how you then made it real because, you know, this affirmation, I mean, it is so important. It, you know, so much of life is mindset. And once we make it, you know, I always like uh, uh, Henry Ford saying, you know, uh, you're right whether you, uh, what is it, uh, you can or you, well, I forgot right. anything you can or you can't whether you believe it. Yeah. yeah. It's, and, 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 and you're, well, and you're, you know, whatever you believe is going to happen. And I think so much in today's world of abundance and all the tools, the technology, everything that we have, we're so capable of so much. But, you know, how did you have your first big success then? Yeah. Well, let me kind of give you the prelude because it kind of leads into it. So I was doing, um, we're skipping a whole lot. I was doing a master's in clinical psych and in LA, I was um, 20, 21, 22 years old. I was literally driving this yellow Datsun B210 stick shift, actually 40 miles to a gallon. It's kind of amazing back in the 70s. Uh, only because it was the cheapest vehicle in the world by $100. And that's why I bought it, because it was the cheapest. And I would go take my days off and I would go riding in Beverly Hills. And I'd look at the mansions and I'd go, I know I'm supposed to belong. I belong in one of these. This is where I belong. And then one day I came up to a four-way stop sign. It's like it's filmed from a movie, right? Because there I am in my yellow Datsun B210 and bang, 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 three Rolls Royces. And I'm saying to myself, first, I belong in one of those. I'm in the wrong vehicle. And then second, I wanted to crawl under the seat because I was embarrassed that I hadn't gotten there yet. So that kind of set the stage. And then about six months later, I'm finishing up my thesis. I go home to see my parents. Now, my dad had always been an entrepreneur, but he'd never been able to make money out of it. You know, he'd always like he'd have a he'd go forward and then he would come back and it just never kind of added up. And so his company was basically in bankruptcy and he had a trucking line, which had no interest in me whatsoever. I had decided at that point I was going to go to law school. But I loved my dad. We talked for a month and I finally said, OK, I'll come work with you for six months, but that's it. And then I'm going to law school. Well, it turned out I took over management of the company day one because my dad just said, here, I'm going to let you take take the reins. And I had never had a business course. I never even read a business book or business article. And the reason was I grew up here. I was entrepreneurial. I was always starting little businesses, you know, lawn mowing businesses, all that kind of stuff. But I never identified it as that because I identified that the way you lose money in life is to go into business and be an entrepreneur because in the little town I grew up with, everybody had a little business and everybody was broke. So I said, oh, people who own businesses are all, all the people who are broke. I'm going to med school or I'm going to law school. Or I'm going to do something where you make money. So what was interesting is that it was like duck to water because I just immediately knew what to do. And when I look back, what I really did was I just systemized everything. Because I had been that 19-year-old senior in college who had the 4.0. How did I get there? I got there because I systemized how I studied and how I prepared my papers and how I studied. I did the same thing to the business. I just didn't know I was doing it, you know, because you're just like, it's just how I thought. So within a year, I paid off nine years of liens, gotten a six-figure profit, you know, fired everybody within six months because they were all stealing or lying. So I had to set up protocols for how we hired people, ended up growing to 50 people working. They had, I had a policy manual. Uh, after three months, this is the fun story for all of us as entrepreneurs, because you got, we got to laugh at this one. Three months in, I'm a numbers kind of guy, I ended up getting a, a tax law degree. But three, three months in, I spent, I couldn't figure it out. We were pulling like hundreds of loads a week and we had no money in the bank. 
And I'm going, why is this? So I spent the whole weekend, I looked at all the numbers, and I remember calling my dad Sunday night and going, Dad, it was kind of like I figured out when I was five, I'd be a millionaire, that solved the problem. I said, Dad, I figured out the problem. We're paying out more money every week than we take in. <laughs> and you gotta laugh at it, but you know what? Until you have the awareness of what you're doing, you can't do anything about it. The next day, I literally raised rates as much as 25% by calling all of our clients. And a month later, I said, well, if this worked on the revenue side, let's look at all of our expenses. And I realized we were paying too much to all of our suppliers. And I said, Dad, we need to start another business that will be a maintenance business that will do all the maintenance for all of our company. And we can service the owner operators as well. And within a week, we had leased property, hired two mechanics, and I set up a maintenance building business, which you know, then all of our maintenance costs plummeted. So now our revenues are escalating our costs are plummeting and we're getting this big fat margin all of a sudden and at the end of the first year we had not only nine years of liens that had been filed but we had a six-figure profit and we had figured out or a program for how i could move forward and then i built the businesses because i was totally into being an entrepreneur because i'm going well, first of all, it's the first time I'd had any real money in my life. And I'm going, well, this is good. I kind of like this. Uh, and then it, at the end of three years, I bought that brand new, customized it, four-story townhouse on the water, got the Mercedes when it was kind of like a Bentley. And then one of the most important things that could have happened did happen. Three months in, I had, because what had happened is I had really fulfilled my little boy dream. But what was wrong with the little boy dream? It was only about the money and this great lifestyle, but there were no other pieces in it. There's no piece about quality, fulfillment, meaning, purpose, all those things that I now value far more than money. And three months into it, I was in my uh, living room looking out at the bay. It was a beautiful day. Palm trees are, are blowing, there's sailboats. And I remember specifically saying to myself out loud, wow, something is wrong with this picture and then I said and I don't even like myself and then I said and I'm really lousy at relationships and those were all true and I just kind of sat there dumbfounded and going this is a messed up picture I got all the things I said I wanted to get but I don't feel good inside and I'm so thankful that I had that breath long enough to actually feel that there was something at odds and that set me off to going to all these spiritual retreats, sweat lodges, Tony Robbins, Wayne Dyer, all this stuff for years, searching for something more and ultimately concluding that I wasn't doing anything that fulfilled me and that I thought had a purpose to it. Like every day I'd go to work and I'm going, but I, I don't really think what I'm doing matters. And that was just ripping up my soul inside. And so I ultimately decided I've got to sell the companies. I've got to go on. I've got to find something different. And the good thing is that when I sold the companies, I knew that the answer I was looking for is this thing called purpose. And that I knew that purpose had actually nothing to do with me in terms of getting. It had to do with giving. It had to do with making a difference somehow. But I had no idea how to do that because I had this literally cornucopia of graduate degrees and skills, but I didn't know how did they come together. And so I decided the first thing I was going to do was to go take this massive journey. And so I had read Jack Kerouac's book on the road in high school and kind of filed it in the back of my mind. And it kind of inspired me. I said, okay, I'm going to go take a massive road trip. So I took a four month, 30,000 mile road trip. 
Now, what's really interesting about this road trip is that it took me a year and a half to sell the companies. If you ever sold companies, you go through multiple negotiations and you finally find the one. So I had this elaborate plan for this, this road trip. Now, I don't want you to think I, you know, messed up the roadway, you know, killed the environment. But an hour and a half into this trip, I had to make a decision. I was going up 75 out of 75. Was I going to turn right and take I-10 or was I going to keep going up I-75? Which direction was I going to go? Well, my roadmap I spent an hour, a year and a half making said I was supposed to go left, right. But instead, I said, you know what? I'm just gonna follow my bliss. I'm just going to find out what's going to happen every day. I'm gonna throw the whole plan away and I'm going to go left. And I did for four months, 30,000 miles. I went up to Canada, I went to every province. I went to every major city. I came down the West Coast. Every day I was learning about how to know what I was feeling inside and let that make the decision about what I did that day, which was my, I learned that I couldn't even make hotel reservations a week in advance because I was one of these people wanted everything scheduled, right? So I had to throw out that part of me because I didn't know how to do this other part and start learning to feel because I realized that was what was so missing is how to feel who I was, how to feel while I'm here, how to feel what I wanted to do with my life, how I wanted to impact other people. And so from there, I ended up in a Buddhist monastery for two months to learn how to meditate up in Cape Breton, went to Esalen on the Big Sur coast, which is a human potential place. And I did work study and you had to pay to do work study, mind you. And I was working in the gardens where I was literally weeding. Now, my friends who knew me before were getting a little concerned because I was emailing them. And this was no longer fitting their reality too well because they were sending me back, you know, emails that said, JV, you used to have a gardener. And now you're a gardener and you're paying to be the gardener and you're weeding things and clipping hedges. And I write back, yeah. And at night, it's even better. I go to, I go to these in really intense groups and I'm like dealing with who I am and finding out you know, what's inside and ripping apart and weeding myself. And out of all of that came a clarity, you know, if that wasn't enough, let's go to Boulder, shave our head and let's live in Boulder and meditate for a while. So we did that, me, all of me, and out of that, I began to get a clarity and start to do two to three week camping trips where I call it asking the universe. I'd go, okay, I'm here, I got these talents, but what am I supposed to do with my life? What can I do that's gonna make the world better and improve other people's lives? So I ended up spending uh, six months, a whole winter in Lake Tahoe. I was staying in Reno, like a smart tax attorney, not to be taxed in California, uh, as Reno had no income tax. and. I was, went over to San Francisco for the weekend and I saw this brochure for the Green Festival, knew nothing about it, picked it up, bring it back, and I had this kind of elaborate place with a fireplace and a jacuzzi tub. And I was in the jacuzzi tub that Sunday night and I looked down and I saw the word conscious. Now I had been seeking and seeking, what am I here for? What's that purpose? What's I'm gonna do as an entrepreneur? And right in my forehead literally was the phrase, conscious millionaire in my spine a tingling and I said to myself that's it that's what I've been looking for and I just sat in the hot tub for about 40 minutes because I knew consciousmillionaire.com was just waiting for me and then I got out and like a good attorney I took it and every other URL I could think of and within a month I'd filed my trademarks and that's how conscious millionaire came to me literally it was an inspiration and I quickly realized it was about because I had wanted to teach entrepreneurs, how do you make that first million?
but I didn't want it to be what everybody else was teaching. It's really just that box and it's just the money and then you're empty and, and that's not really what I wanted to teach. But all of a sudden I realized there's another path that I could teach that's about how do you make an impact with your life? How do you find meaning and purpose in how you create your wealth? And that that was gonna be the, you know, the right path for me to teach. And what's interesting to me about this, John, is the farther I go down this path and the more people I help, the more I realize this is just practical good business because what are we really saying? Find something that you are totally feel connected to, take it out to the world in a way that's gonna make a massive impact and bring great value. And when you do that, what happens? You scale your business because people want to buy your products and services. They want to be involved with you because you're changing their life in a way they want it. It really just makes good business sense. It really does. Let me unwrap it just a little bit because this has been so valuable. You know, JV, and one of the things that I look at is we go all the way back, you know, when you, you were just getting started with your, your father's business. And these are some of the things that you say in your writing. And I just want to repeat them because you gave the framing, you know, the mindset, having your, your father, you know, just really an entrepreneur working very hard, but never took the time to think kind of the abundance and the systems. And once you start putting systems. the systems and approaching, both, you know, from an operational standpoint, client experience standpoint, you know, you looked at, okay, what can we charge, you know, for, this is one of the things that I love about financial, I'm a financial guy, you know, you do the numbers and it is amazing when you do the numbers and you find out, you know what, you can't make money doing this. Well, something has to change and it's, it's going through that. And, but the, the real big thing that you brought, not only kind of the, the mindset, the systems, but the execution, making a difference. And you built a, you know, your father's business. You were able to you know, really turn around, and make it very successful. And I, and I think this is where so many of us as entrepreneurs are: is that we we get in this, you know, we're, we put our head down, we're working really hard, and we, you know, start having some uh, success. And and you know, we're, we're we 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 understand the systems, or we got a good COO or you know, a team that's doing that. We're executing. And then, you know, we come to this realization, really um, what you've done, uh, you know, type JV is, you know, this whole concept of, you know, we're looking and we're going, you know, there's gotta be more. I know I went through it personally too. I ended up selling a few businesses along the way, uh, went full cycle and uh, was making seven figures in a corporate setting, uh, mid seven figures. And it was, you know, private jet and all that stuff. and. I don't think I've ever been more unhappy in my life. And it's, it's only when we kind of do this self-assessment and start looking at it that we can build. And one of the lines I always like is we're in business, not for more business, we're in business to build the quality of life that we want for all our stakeholders. I go, you want to do it first for yourself, you know, enlightened self-interest, but you also, you know, you've got to do it for your clients. That's how capitalism works. We create tremendous value there. We want to do it for our teammates, our partners, you know, our shareholders, if we have shareholders, JV, and this is something that, you know, this this big why type, why are we in business? And as, as we have more and more success, and so many of our fellow entrepreneurs are having that, it's a great time to be an entrepreneur, that they're struggling with, okay, is this all there is type thing? You know, they're arriving yeah, at, I, the, I, well, I, I let me go I, one I, more I, step. Uh, you know, sure. they're at that corner in Beverly Hills. They're in the Rolls Royce and they're asking. Right. They're looking over at that young guy. It looks like he's having a heck of a lot more fun. Yeah, uh, who, by the way, who had grown his long hair and <laughs> did, did that whole routine, which I'm so glad I did. Um, and 
I, yeah, because that's the other group. But it's all the same question, really. And the question is, how can I do something with my life that has a big impact? So what I did was, I think what I did was pretty typical. That my first goal was, how do I make some money, right? Because I had lived in this situation where we didn't have money, you know, even where the food was coming from was a challenge. But look what happened. I got there. I got to the stage that I set up in my mind. Let's go get become a millionaire. And then I quickly asked, well, what's more? And I think the person in the Rolls Royce is in the same place. Uh, and then people who don't have any money often look on and go, well, you see people who have money are unhappy. Well, no, only they're only unhappy if they didn't find the fulfillment along the way. And that's why I teach the two together. But the person in the Rolls Royce who's asking that question, the real question they're asking is, why am I here? That's really the question they're asking. What is my purpose on this earth? Because until you come home to yourself, which I think that's what that process is about, you come home to realizing who am I? Why am I even an, an, uh, an entrepreneur? What, what am I in this business for? And, and the answer is always in, in the deeper parts of who you are, are much more than the money. The money's just a, a wealth is a result of that. And it's an opportunity for you actually to create even more good in the world, because at some point you have enough Rolls Royces, whatever it is that you want it. But that's the question you're really asking, and it's not been answered. Well, let's go into that, uh, Davey. What we have is, you know, you think about it, you know, so many of our fellow entrepreneurs who, uh, you know, are part of AES Nation, you know, they've already had some success or may have a lot of success. And they're probably, you know, they're, they're all, we all are thinking about what are we going to do when we grow up and, you know, how can we make a bigger impact? I want to come back to that impact how, how can we you know we're, we're scaling up our businesses we're growing them how do we go about making this bigger impact we're scaling up so we're going to be more profitable make an impact kind of determine that why so that we're making the difference in the world that we really care about yeah i think it's reversing the typical way we look at business so when i think about when i went and got my mba you know, what they talked about is you go out in the world, you find a want or need, depending on how you want to frame that, that's not met. You find a unique way to, to meet that need and you build your business. That's what I call starting from the outside in. And that's the typical way we build businesses, right? But what I'm talking about is you, you have your business. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to need to go sell your business. You might want to transform it some, but you got to start from the inside out and ask yourself, there's these three questions, and I don't care where you are in your business, I ask people to ask the same three questions. The first one is, what are you really deeply passionate about? Now, I did an interview, oh gosh, about a year ago, and uh, 7%, the top 7% of millionaires are all doing this one thing. They only built something that was built on their passion. They're deeply in love with what they're doing. And they're really three keys because I have a lot of people that go, it doesn't matter how much money they go, you know, I, I'm burnt out. I don't know what my passion is. I, I love to journal, so I'm gonna ask you to journal. And here's the three keys. First, there is some activity that you do that you get completely lost in it time-wise. You think 30 minutes passed, but it's actually been four hours. And that's cool unless you told your partner you're gonna meet him in 30 minutes, in which case you need to pick up your cell phone and set your alarm. But there's an activity you do. Second. When you do that activity, you literally change state. Now, I use the word joy, but it might be excitement, it might be bliss, it might be some 
positive emotion. And when you change that state that you're in from doing it, because you really become one with that activity. It's not like you're even separate. You're all together. And then people will look at you, you know, and they'll go, you look different. You know what? You are different. Your muscles are different. Your blood is flowing different. Literally, the the energy in your body is coursing through you differently. And it's just like, it's like you see somebody and the energy is pouring off of them and their emotions and it's positive. That's what I'm talking about. And then the third thing, and here's the joke of it all, is that you've done this to help other people for free because you you meet strangers and you probably help them to do this for free because you love doing it so much. Now, that's the passion part. The purpose part is a lot harder to find, I found, but then I discovered how to find it and now it's easy to find. So I took two or three years and I was going through all this stuff and I'd read books on purpose. They'd all say things like, when you find your purpose, you're going to know your purpose. And I go, well, that's great. I kind of figured that part out, but how do I find it? Here's what I discovered. I want you to think of purpose as your gold coin in life. And on the front of it is the word purpose. But on the back's the secret for how you discover your purpose. And it's really quite simple. It's a difference that you want to make for someone or something outside of you. That is your purpose. Now, you might have several of those. That's why I like to journal about things. But there's going to be something that you go, I am really passionate about making this difference. And I'd love to find out ways that I could do it. And now here's now that group of people are going to be your best strategic partners because you're going to both be working with the same kind of people. But here's the part that's going to set you apart and really give you that that strategic direction that you want. And that is your natural strengths. And everybody has at least one, two or three natural strengths. These are things you can do with your with your eyes closed. You do them when you sleep. I literally go to bed and I wake up with ideas for clients. For me, obviously, one of those is systems. I just think in systems. I wouldn't even know how not to think in systems. But you know what? Most people don't. So systems informs everything that I do because I know that that's what I'm really about. And so when you get clarity about that, now you can look at your business and say, oh, given this difference I want to make, which, by the way, is the solution that you actually want to provide. But now you got to match it with your niche market. And as I say, there's at least 100 niche markets because the difference you want to make is your solution. Now you're just going to work backwards and backward engineer who has a problem that that solution will provide the right solution for. Now, there are a couple of things you want to look at, because this is where we get all messed up in building businesses that we aren't in love with. First of all, are you going to feel joy or whatever other positive emotion that you want to feel every morning when you wake up to solve those problems for that niche market? And second, you got to look at your financial goals. Will that niche market, just a very small sliver of that niche market, buying what you want to sell at the price point you want to sell it, allow you to get to the financial results that you want. And if not, it's not a good niche market for you. And that's how you need to be looking at your business. And almost nobody does that, even the guy or the woman in their Rolls Royce who's not yet fulfilled inside. And that's why. No, JV, this is so good. And you know, the, the reality, I think that, you know, one of the things that's happening is we're having longer, uh, human longevity is increasing dramatically. And as entrepreneurs, we're in a very unique situation that we can live a great life in this time of abundance. And geez, designing our business to fulfill our passion and our purpose so that we can do this for as long as we want to do, is just a real opportunity. Now you go into a lot more detail and I wanna do the next segment is the, the book of the day. 
And uh, you have written a bestseller, uh, you know, Conscious Millionaire, Grow Your Business by Making a Difference. I've got the Amazon uh, webpage up. Tell us a little bit about what's in the book. Yeah, well, the book is actually 14 chapters. And I, and I have to say, I put my lifeblood into this book in that it's that foundational book that you really need when you're going to write books. It's 320 pages, it's 14 chapters, but it takes you through all the different areas, including leadership, including a very unique approach to your business model that you need to take and grow a business that's going to literally make a big impact and give you the big profits that you want. So I go through habits, uh, there's a whole chapter on consciousness and looking at it from a new perspective and looking at wealth from a new perspective that will actually make you more money and give you more fulfillment while doing more good in the world. I like to bring everything together in what I call the triple win that you ought to be winning. Others ought to be winning. That's your clients. It's your family. It's your stakeholders. And the world should be better off from what you're doing. And when all three are going on, that's when you're on the right track for yourself. Uh, it really is. And in you know, I, I can just, as I, you're saying this, I'm thinking of situations when I wasn't and how miserable I was. And I can still remember my wife one time uh, yelling at a guy who had bought one of our businesses for many millions of dollars. And we, you know, just, we were going in different directions. He was really looking to consolidate and flip. I was looking to build a business that really made a difference. And you know, or I'm on the phone yelling and screaming. We're both at each other and my wife walks by and then afterwards goes, why are you doing that? <laughs> you know, we don't need the money. You can go do build your own business. You didn't have a non-compete or anything like that. And it's like, oh, and it's just, you know, and then I had the time, you know, to reflect as you've done. And I, and I think the book is a great way to help fellow entrepreneurs to do it. Let me go to the next uh uh, section which we call resources and I'm gonna pull up your web page uh, here and this is uh, the consciousmillionaire.com all the links everything we've talked about is at AES Nation but uh, you know go, go ahead and tell me you know, what you have on the website because you've got all kinds of resources and um, I think I've done probably about 250 podcasts I think at the time of this recording, you were saying, I know you're approaching a thousand pretty darn quick here, JV. So you've done that. Yeah, I'm right, right at a, a thousand. I've, been, I've done about 850 between my two shows as a host and been on about 150 shows in the last two and a half years. So I have to say, first of all, I, I love doing this. So if you go to the website, you get both the Conscious Millionaire podcast, which is for entrepreneurs, and then the Conscious Millionaire Health, which is specifically for entrepreneurs who wanna be super healthy and, and thriving in their life because that's so critical and is now turned into the reality show now that I have diabetes and I'm healing it. And so I turned it into a weekly uh, reality show on how I'm healing my diabetes and exactly what I'm doing to get healthy and thriving again. So, but the main focus we do is for the, the large group, we do group programs at First Million Academy. We have uh, the group coaching, uh, the uh, trainings and the masterminds, and that's for people six figures wanting to go to seven. Then my elite coaching is one-on-one -on -one with me. I love working with clients who they're in the upper six or they've got multiple seven figures and they really wanna massively grow that business and make a big impact and bring the two together. And those are the people I work with in uh, helping them dig down and find out what's the next level for them and how are they gonna best get there. 
No, that's great, JV. I, I want to thank you for this. And I, I want to let me do the last segment, which is key takeaways. And this is, you know, in listening to this, what I would do, because one of the things JV is all about and I'm all about is results. You know, it, nothing happens unless you make it happen. So, you know, I want to go back to the early stars. We talked about the power of mindset, this tremendous abundance out there. There has never been a better time to be an entrepreneur. We've got so many tools. We've got, you know, there's a lot of noise out there, but your ability to rise up uh, above the noise and putting the systems in place, the execution, you know, so many of us as entrepreneurs, that's all we do. And we're running really hard and we can build pretty good businesses doing that. But if we take a step back to some of the lessons that JV shared with us on the, the, the conscious millionaire with the idea that we really get clear on our passion, our purpose, and then take those and put the systems in place to the right clients, to the right niche, we can build a business that supports the quality of life for all of us. Your clients, your customers, your future clients, your future customers, all these strategic partners are counting on you. Don't let them down. We wish you the best of success in achieving all that's important to you. Exceptional, remarkable breakthroughs. AESNation.com.